welcome to On Your Left Podcast, a podcast that is probably to your left. I am Nirali. Uh, I go by she, her pronouns. Hi, and I am Katrina. I use she, them pronouns. We are coming to you every Wednesday with a new issue that we can talk about and how to improve our communities. And if you want to support us and the work we do, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod. We are in a mood, friends. <laughs> Look, it's been a hard week for all of us, I think. But today, before a lot of the recent news that happened, we planned to have a discussion on protecting and supporting trans youth. And I mm-hmm. think before we do that, us as like known book nerds and Harry Potter fans, I think we're going to first address J.K. Rowling, um, who is a TERF. Yep. So if you don't know, uh, TERF means trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, They're not real feminists, just FYI. There's nothing radical about transphobia. No, no. I mean, to catch you all up, if you haven't seen the tweets. I mean, good for you if you haven't, but basically she has just been on a transphobic rampage. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically derailing, like, the really important social justice conversations we're having right now to, um, tweet about how, uh, she wants to protect the woman by, like, pretending trans people don't exist and, like, reducing protections for them yeah i think as someone who was a known children's author in a conversation about trans youth we should absolutely talk about what's going on and how she's affecting the narrative that we are experiencing um this all started because although jk rowling has been openly anti-trans for quite a while now and the community has known about it she has also gotten more and more outspoken and radicalized in these beliefs um and she recently put out something that was upsetting she was recently upset because some there was an article that referred to people who menstruate um and not just saying woman who menstruate so i thought maybe we could just kind of break that down and why that's a harmful narrative to be perpetuating yeah so first of all there are cis women who just don't get their periods um children or who are assigned female at birth don't get periods postmenopausal women pregnant women and just cis women who like don't have periods because of a medi- because of a medical condition. Like there there are a lot of reasons why you can't just use the umbrella term woman. Can you hear the train in the background? I heard like a small whistle, but I think we're okay. I know cis women who no longer have periods due to like uterine cancer and they had to have their uterus removed so they no longer menstruate. But they're still people and they're still women, uh even without mm-hmm the administration being a part of their lived experiences right now yeah and like a lot of a lot of turf belief comes from like if you if you were born with a vagina or if you like have a uterus you are a woman but like that does exclude people who have had to take medical precautions in terms of their health or have surgeries to remove certain parts of their bodies. And it's important to acknowledge that they are still women and their gender identity still matters. There is also the fact that 
there are intersex women who were assigned female at birth but don't menstruate because they are intersex and that's kind of because uh, gender isn't a binary but neither is sex or sex characteristics. There's genetic variance as well and if we want to go to a strictly biological view of the world there are still women who will never menstruate. And just in general women are people and like there's no reason to get mad at like acknowledging that you are specifically talking about people who menstruate. Like women are still people they they fall under that umbrella. Um women who menstruate fall under the umbrella of people who menstruate like that's and of course there are trans women who absolutely are women who do not menstruate there are also trans men and non-binary people who do get their period and that's also good to acknowledge because they also need access to reproductive health and when we're talking about menstruation including them often means protecting more people and ensuring people get the health care that they need Definitely. And also, um, a big part of, like, turf rhetoric is, like, the idea that, like, you're actively harming womankind by acknowledging trans people and their needs. Um, and, like, trans people aren't hurting anyone. No one's hurting anyone by existing as trans. And so many of the arguments that we see for this, like, biological sex essentialism harms trans people and reinforces gender roles that harm everyone, but it is also rehashing of the same arguments that people who are against the Equal Rights Amendment used in the 70s and 80s. Knowing that an argument works to stop progress um, doesn't mean we should still be using the same arguments because they're obviously things that are harmful and we have fought against historically. Yeah. Um, and also, a small point, um, but, like, J.K. Rowling specifically tweeted something about how uh, lesbians are scared of trans people, like, hurting their movement and stuff. And can I just say, as a lesbian, we're fine. And any, any lesbian who um, says that trans people are hurting our cause or whatever are just transphobic. Stop using another marginalized group of people <laughs> um, to, to hurt, like... I don't know. It, it it yeah, I'm it just makes me really angry that you're trying to use one minority's pain to invalidate another minority's pain. Yeah. Our liberation is tied up in each other's. And pitting us against each other just means that classes that have traditionally been dominant and have oppressed our groups are just going to continue to have power. Should we should we move on? from jk rowling i feel like the world needs to move on from jk rowling but that's not going to happen anytime soon uh so maybe we should i think we can go back to our main topic today which is actually creating supportive environments for trans youth and why that's important because we as a community are committed to protecting the most vulnerable members of our community and that especially includes trans youth it's really important to create supportive environments for trans youth because almost two percent of high school students identify as trans according to the cdc um and this means that there are at least 1.3 million trans youth in america and that means there are just trans kids there there are 1.3 million trans kids at least um who are openly identifying as trans and that's so many people who are not getting their needs met 
it's absolutely okay if you don't realize in high school that you're trans too mm-hmm. um but for people that do realize it and do have a good grasp on what their gender is and know that they are trans under the age of like 17 we should absolutely be stepping in and protecting them because to leave 1.3 million kids to fend for themselves just sounds cruel yeah and like also helping the kids who have already figured it out helps kids who haven't figured it out figure it out like i don't know if that makes sense seeing people be supported helps you understand yourself better i think even if you are familiar with trans issue and see it supported in your community and you're for sure cis maybe that helped you figure out that you are for sure a cis person because you got to play with your gender identity and expression and have a deeper understanding of yourself without fear of harm this is this is really sad but um well lgbtq youth as a whole have higher rates of low self-esteem substance abuse, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and suicidality than their peers, the incidence specifically among trans youth is even higher. It's really, really sad, and we need to do everything in our power to protect them from all of this. Part of that is like investing in our own mental health resources for our community, but part of that is also giving parents and family the resources that they need to be supportive of their trans kids because research shows that trans youth with supportive families experience a 52% decrease in recent suicidal thoughts and a 46% decrease in suicide attempts. That's incredible. That's an incredible statistic. Like that's it just a little bit of support helps like so much. Just giving parents some resources helps so much. I think that this is the case um, with most parents, uh, regardless mm -hmm. of if they have trans kids or not. But they would rather have their kids be like healthy and alive and make it to adulthood than mm -hmm. to be a cause of their death. Yeah, and some sometimes people just don't have the education to understand this stuff and that's okay um like obviously we need better education but um it's clear that when families have the education and understand the issues and like understand what being trans means like they can help their kids so much although I, neither of us have kids uh the kids in my life I know that I love unconditionally and nothing could ever make me stop loving them. Uh, that goes for like the kids that I've babysat since they were tiny babies to my little brothers who are now, you know, becoming adults or whatever, to like my nieces and nephews. Nothing they say will ever make me stop loving them and any chance I have to support and protect the children in my life, if that could be the difference between their life and death. I would hope that everyone would choose to support them. Also means because I unconditionally love them, one of my jobs as an adult in their life is to model what being like an inclusive and loving adult looks like. Definitely. Just like being a good role model um, and like showing, especially like it, showing that like it does get better for queer people um I know that like it gets better is like 
such an old concept now, but it's true for some people, at least it does get better. And just showing that and like existing as a queer person, like in a kid's life can change so much. I think part of that is also being like an active community member and actively getting involved in your state and local politics. Um, because on last week's episode, we talked about protection in place for minors based on state laws and what we can do about that. Yeah, should we go through the whole thing again? Yeah, just a quick refresher on things. Also, listen to our last episode in full. 16 states and D.C. have laws that prohibit discrimination against students in public education on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, These states explicitly address discrimination against LGBTQ students, Um, and that is, it's something, but it's not nearly enough states. That's a definitely a minority of states. And that means so many kids just don't have rules that are going to protect them when they go to school. And they don't have policies that are specifically looking to help them and reach out to them and make sure that they are supportive and safe. So 20 states and DC also protect LGBTQ plus youth from conversion therapy through licensing restrictions which prevent licensed mental health service professionals from conducting conversion therapy on youth under the age of 18. Uh, we definitely went more into this last week, but conversion therapy is an actively harmful and abusive practice that is literally the opposite of supportive and, and it is shown and proven that youth who undergo it are more likely to commit suicide and practice self-harm so we need more we need more places to ban conversion therapy to protect our children yeah i'm lucky enough to live in a state that banned conversion therapy a few years ago now um and it i'm just so relieved that that's the case that no no kid in my state will have to deal with that like it's just so harmful um Transgender students in schools with supportive policies are far less likely to miss school due to feeling unsafe, and they are more likely to feel greater belonging to their school communities. Um, And yet, only 12% of trans and gender diverse students reported that their school or district had official policies or guidelines uh, supporting transgender or gender diverse students. And that's really a shame when we think of a number like 1.3 million kids that's 12 percent of that doesn't even like there's still over a million kids who aren't getting the help that they need to protect the other 88 percent of trans youth who don't currently have school or district policies that support them, uh, we can talk to our school boards and talk to our state legislatures that provide guidance to schools to start implementing and enforcing policies that protect trans youth, uh, whether that is ensuring that they have, you know, bathrooms they can use throughout the day or that teacher and staff should model inclusive behavior and have training on how to incorporate age-appropriate representation of LGBT people and history into curriculums and, you know, respecting people's names and pronouns. Uh, One thing I really want to talk about is just buying books and, like, consuming media by trans people. 
it's one way you can directly support the trans community. I highly recommend the book Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar if you want to um, get a book by a trans guy who um, is also black and is amazing and is also super nice. Um, I've met him before and just the nicest person. Yeah, there's so there's so much media out there. Um, if you're listening to our podcast, you have an internet connection and can find a lot of free media by trans people. Um, but also, like, if you have the money, pay them for their work. Uh, and, yeah, just support the trans community because that allows them to make a living creating representation for themselves and if you're someone maybe in power of like what resources your library carries and making sure and requesting books providing resources for all ages that represent trans and gender diverse youth and people can make a huge difference because you know i'm broke and i still care most libraries love getting requests for books and will almost all the time be able to fulfill that request in my experience but like your librarians want to know what you want to read because they do have a limited budget to buy books and when you request mm -hmm. things that gives them an idea of what books they should order so you know yeah just asking and checking out lgbt resources lets them know that they need more of them too and then finally uh you can donate to organizations uh working to protect trans youth and also volunteer for them if you can yeah that's like definitely a great way to put our money where our mouth is uh, last week we talked about camp lilac locally i work with a lgbt youth homeless center because lgbt youth specifically trans youth are more likely to not have a home uh because of parents that don't accept or support them and that's not good yeah and if you want just a larger organization to support, the Trevor Project is always doing amazing work. And I know they're a suicide prevention hotline and they have other hotlines too that are just very important for um, kids who just need an ear um, that understands them. Just an empathetic, understanding, uh, listening ear. Um, and the Trevor Project specializes in suicide prevention for LGBT youth, which means that they have the training and resources that people need and want to share them with you. Should we move on to some good things? Yeah, let's move on to think? some good things because the past few weeks, I mean, I'm not the past um, year has been uh, just a lot. Yeah, the 2020 really has, um, kicked our butts we're experiencing a new terrible thing every month and you know we're adapting pretty well to it but i'm tired the 2020 is saying a lot about the human spirit and it's kind of beautiful but also we're exhausted <laughs> i would i would love to have positive change without first having to undergo trauma mm -hmm. it would be amazing um but uh we do want to talk about um, the protests that are still going on for a minute, um, the protests against police brutality and the positive change that's happened because of it. Um, the Twitter user uh, Nectarine808 um, has compiled 
an incredible thread of uh, good things that are happening uh, because of the protests and reasons to keep protesting. Um, but uh, what was your what was your favorite one? So my favorite one has been uh, that multiple cities in Virginia, um, Philadelphia, really all over the country have been taking down monuments to racist and often also homophobic statues by taking down these monuments to people who actively hated us and it sometimes, you know, were trying to destroy our country. We don't need monuments to those people. We do not need to honor or respect people that actively worked to harm us and literally destroy the fabric of our society. Oh man, did you see the video of the protesters throwing the statue in the river? I that was so not. beautiful. That oh my god. It happened today. Hang on, let me send it to you. There is a monument in Indianapolis dedicated to Confederate soldiers who died at a Union prison camp in Indianapolis. Um, and that is being dismantled because we don't need to honor Confederate soldiers. Uh, you know, the Civil War was bad and a lot of people died and that sucks, but we don't need to honor their contributions. For, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, they are removing a 176-year-old slave auction block from their downtown. In Philadelphia, they are removing a statue of Frank Rizzo, a former mayor and police commissioner accused of multiple police abuses in the 1960s, who was a racist homophobe. That's fantastic. What's your favorite things to have come out of these uh, Black Lives Matter protests so far? One of my favorite things, um, even though it's super incremental, is the governor, Phil Murphy, has announced law enforcement reforms um, after the protests, which are obviously long overdue, um, especially for places with a large black community in New Jersey. There are a lot of them, um, and there's a lot of harm being done to those communities. Um, I think Cory Booker spoke really eloquently when he was on the campaign trail about police brutality, especially in Newark. They are committing to a lot of change, um, but... Uh, they haven't they haven't specifically announced what the changes will be. It's really heartening to see like a governor of the most densely populated state in the country um, act take trying to take action and being vocal about his action. And hopefully I, we will get more um, news out of that soon and I will try to keep you guys updated. Um, also a lot of I think, now all of the officers who were involved in George Floyd's murder have been arrested, which is fantastic and was necessary in the first place. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to share one piece of local news for me that's been really good as a result of these protests. Um, legislation has been introduced on the county level for me for the banning of tear gas, which, fun fact, is a chemical weapon outlawed specifically by the Geneva Convention but is legal to use on your own citizens or at home. So we have been using chemical weapons on protesters for years with very little being done about it. And taking this step to demilitarize our police locally and to protect our citizens and our people from chemical weapons is a 
huge moment that I never thought would happen, and uh, I'm hoping it passes. Yeah, again, this is a necessary reform. Um, not nearly enough, but it hopefully it passes. These are super incremental reforms that are happening right now, but they are something, um, and we should keep fighting for more. Um, I think we should fight to defund the police um, and figure out better ways to enforce the law. 11 minutes later. Should, should we move on to our mango fact? Yeah, what is our mango fact? Um, our mango fact is that in 2017, um, global production of mangoes was at 50.6 million tons because everyone loves mangoes that much. Um, this report also includes something called mangosteens and guavas. Guavas are also delicious. Yeah, people just love mangoes that much and... I am one of those people. Um, 50.6 million tons is so large that I literally cannot comprehend that number, so I'm glad other people are enjoying mangoes as much as me. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people eating a lot of mangoes. Um, and uh, there was some good news in mangoes in my life, personally, because my aunt stopped by our house yesterday and just dropped off a case of mangoes. Because I guess she went grocery shopping and got extra mangoes. So that was wonderful. I ate some. They were delicious. You know, it's been really hard to, like, grocery shop lately and, you know, make sure that you're providing safe spaces in your community to slow the spread of disease. So if you can go grocery shopping for someone else and get them mangoes, that's awesome. Your aunt is great. Yeah, I love her. Um, so uh, I guess... That's the end of this pod. I'm in a significantly better mood than I was before. Like, we have so many ways to help trans people. There's so much good happening because of the protests. We as a community are affecting change through things that we know we're working, like protesting, through contacting our legislators. Uh, lots of people recently voted in primary elections, and all of those are steps that we are taking to build better and more inclusive communities, and I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, so, uh, Katrina, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Katrina Ames on Twitter. And you can find me at Firewood Sparkler on Twitter, uh, without the E at the end. And, of course, you can follow the podcast at On Your Left Pod. Um, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Yeah, bye.